The following podcast is a Next Level production. To Wilhelm, I am your host Ben Beck, and with the Winter Olympics having just wrapped up, I figure there is no better time than now to tackle that topic on the show. So, this episode, we'll be revealing our choices for our top five favorite Olympic movies. That's right, it could be summer, could be winter. If it's Olympic, it qualifies. And to do that, I need my co host for this episode. He's a returning guest and the host of the Field to Screen podcast, which just returned for its second season. Please welcome back my friend, Alex Baelish. How are you? And thank you so much for letting me uh, intrude on your podcast again. Again. And and it feels weird because we just did this, but we did this for Field to Screen. Absolutely. And yeah. um, I'm really grateful that you uh, had the time to talk about a movie that you enjoy. And that's what I love. And we know we know that movie is going to come up in this episode of the show. It, it might. That's for <laughs> darn sure. <laughs> oh, no, I'm pretty confident it's going to come up. Oh, I know. Yes. <laughs> it's just a matter of is it going to appear on one list or two? Exactly. That's the uh, that is the question. Yeah. So, you know, the Winter Olympics just wrapped up and I know you're a big fan of Olympics as well. I'm a, a huge Winter Olympics fan. How much of it did you get to watch? Did you get to watch a lot of it? You know, I got to watch some of it. I didn't get to watch what I would have liked to have watched. But, um, you know, the coverage is so all over the place. The good thing was because we were in the morning, it was night there. Mm -hmm. So we got to see some of the good stuff breakfast at breakfast on the Olympics instead of breakfast at Wilmington. You know, um, it yeah. was nice. That was nice. And right before I went to work or something like that, they had skating, the curling, which was nice. But, um, you know, it's all good. I just didn't get to see enough of it just because I couldn't figure out when the, when the heck stuff was on. And they had the Peacock Network, which I didn't have the paid version, so I couldn't see all the good stuff. But the Winter Olympics, just like the summer – it's just watching people that are amazing, doing amazing things, and this is their career, and it's just it's just awe-inspiring. Yeah. I, I got to watch a bunch of it, and there's a lot more that I still need to watch. I have hours upon hours upon hours of recording on my digital DVR of stuff that will literally take me months to get through. Absolutely. I mean... And, and I will. I'm, I'm committed. I will get through it, especially... I, I love the bobsled stuff. I love curling. I don't know why I love curling as much. Nobody like. knows why. We all love curling. It's weird because we talked about this on Field to Screen. Like I am, I'm very into the fast-paced sports stuff. Like I love the hockey. I love the bobsled. I, I you know, I love the the downhill, all of that stuff. But for some reason, curling is just so relaxing yet fascinating to watch. You know why, Ben? It's because it's the one sport. We may have a chance of right. actually doing. Don't let don't let the listeners kid you, okay? And I actually tried curling, and it looks really easy. It's hard as hell. Oh, sure it is. I mean, and, there's, a, and, there's a reason why it's an Olympic sport. 
Absolutely. But no, I just love the fact that, um, you know, one of my favorite sports is, as I like to call it, the James Bond sport, which is biathlon. Because you know, shooting, shooting on skis, shooting on skis, you know, those are two talents you only see in either movies like James Bond or something that is just, you know, like, you know, some survivor type movie with zombies or something. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It, but yeah, I mean, I'm I'm a bigger fan of the Olympic of the Winter Olympics than I am the Summer Olympics, but I, I do enjoy the Summer Olympics as well. And I know we're two years away from the 100th anniversary of the Winter Olympics. Yep. So hopefully they kind of go back to the staggered schedule. I know we talked about this on Field the Screen, too. But yes, I, I hope. It, you know, instead of waiting another four for the winter, we we do it in two. So it happens on the hundredth anniversary of the of the Olympics, and it's a big extravaganza, a big celebration. And I think I think you know they made a they made the choice to do that to have it staggered. And I remember that year it was people were trying to go to do both Olympics. And it first off in a business sense it makes sense because there's always something happening, and um. People love the Olympics. Yeah. So, the, you know, if it's every every two years you get something, that's great. That's why uh, I hope it goes back. Yeah, I'm get, saying me too. Winter me too. Olympics again in two years rather than four. I mean, you know, everybody's an expert in curling for two weeks. Well, and not only that, but I look at it in a way too, like for anybody who's this might, who's competed in a number of Olympic games and this might have been their last one, it kind of gives them maybe a little extra time to have that final glory. Like if they're on the edge of their uh, towards teetering at the end of their Olympic career, instead of saying like, Oh, nope, the next one's four years away. There's no way I can do it. I'll be too, uh, I'll be too old or whatever. Now it's only two years. So now you kind of get a little bit of a last chance. Absolutely. And, and, you know, we talked about a couple of the athletes, um, you know, some of them that we talked about, it's their third Olympics and they might try to squeeze another one in. Yeah, I and that would do. be amazing. I hope they do. I hope in 2024 we get another Winter Olympics. I and I don't doubt that the Olympic Committee, because they're they're so about the sport instead of all the political stuff. Ha ha ha. Um, you know, it, it happens. You know, I, I, and I think there's a push for it. I think the only trouble with it will be though is that I, I think the only deciding factor is the location, because that's usually decided a number of years in advance. True, because some of these locations have to build new arenas and things like that. So it's a matter of whether or not that that'll be able to happen logistically. Well, you know, the one thing about the Olympics that they've proved is only so many cities really can host them now. It's gotten so big. And um, I just know with the World Cup, when they had to switch the World Cup and the U.S. stepped in and they had the stadiums, um there's only a couple of countries like a China, Japan, the U.S., you know, Norway, even though they're small, but they've got every Winter Olympic sport there. Um, and Finland, you know, a Russia, you know, I know the time that this is being uh, recorded, it's there's a little tension there. But you know, there are, yeah, well, I'm trying to I'm trying know, to keep my fingers crossed. Um, and, you know, but it, there are there are backup plans, so to speak. Hey, in, in my opinion, I know the facilities are still there. Send it back to Calgary because they, they still use the facilities for training. So absolutely. You know, I mean, Same thing like, with Lake Placid. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, unlike some of these other cities that host the Olympics and they build all these big, huge, massively expensive arenas and then never use, they go abandoned after the Olympics move out of the city. You know, I was watching an article. I was watching an article. Watching I was an watching article, a show. Yeah, I know. I was watching an article. It was great. Um, I was watching a, a show on, I think it was HBO, and they had, uh, it was about Yugoslavia. And they went back and, you know, where the skating was is now a parking lot. Yeah. And and they were saying how expensive the Olympics are, um, to your point, that they're, they've considered, not that they've done it, is having portable sites where they can build them, break them down, and move them to smaller locations if they have to. I mean, you know, the Winter Olympics is a lot easier to host than the summer, because one, there's less there's less um, events, and the events that they do have, they use for mo- one mountain is used for multiple mm-hmm. events, like the half pipe, the the moguls, whatever. I mean, you know, you have to build a, you know, a cross country running course as well as a, you know, a wet right water rapid course, and you know, it's just so specialized. The Summer Olympics are a little bit harder than the winter, but it was just really fascinating how all these these wonderful moments have happened and these buildings are just destroyed. They, like they go said. forgotten. I mean, it's, and the sad part is it, I, not to get political or anything like that. And I know we're getting off topic of the movies, but I mean, it's the people that live in those cities that end up paying for those arenas and then they just go abandoned and it's, it sucks. I mean, luckily when we, when the United States hosted the Olympics, hosted the summer Olympics in Atlanta, they used facilities that already existed and they still continue to use any facilities that they built. Same goes with Calgary. Same goes with Lake Placid. I mean, and if, if only if we do have another winter Olympics in two years, I think it would make sense to either take it to Calgary because Calgary is still relatively known as an Olympic city. And not only that, or just keep it in Tokyo again for a second time, because the facilities are all still there and new. Exactly. No, no, it makes sense. I mean, no, so you, so you repeat a location for the first time in history, whatever. You know, you know what people are going to say? Oh, well, you know, nobody cares. Well, the countries that don't get to host the Olympics. No, but you know what I mean? Know. You know what I mean? Like in the in the whole grand scheme of things, yeah. they're going to remember the Olympics were there. They're going to remember whatever they were remembering. Away yeah. we go. Just but put in your bid for 2028. That's and sh- it. And shut up about it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so in case you missed it here on Wilhelm, the, uh, there was a bonus episode released a couple days ago. If you're listening to this one, it's already posted. Uh, and that is the first of many episodes of the Wilhelm spotlight series. And that was with uh, comedian Jim Florentine, uh, not a long conversation is about a half hour, which is about what the spotlight series will run anywhere from a half hour to an hour. Um, but I was so happy that Jim was the first guest to have on the spotlight series. He was great. He's a local comedian to me, but he's relatively known in the stand-up comedy world. Mm-hmm. He's been around for a long time. He was the voice of special ed on Crank Yankers, which people still mm-hmm. mimic to this day, uh, you know, as well as the host of that metal show on VH1. He's got a show on set on satellite. He's got his own podcast. He's still up and coming. He's got some new stuff coming in the future, which he's already said he will return to Wilhelm once that new stuff releases in the next awesome. couple months. So he'll be back again. But yeah, I'm excited. If you guys haven't heard it, check the feed. It is available now. And there is another one coming in yes. a couple of days, which we will. Uh, I'll talk about 
more towards the end of the episode. We'll Great. reveal who that is. I'm really excited for that one. Yeah, yeah you kind of gave me a little teaser, so I'm a little excited myself to find out who it is. Yeah, So, but we'll talk about that towards the end of the episode after we get into the movie stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's dive into things. Let's talk about our top five favorite Olympic movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, just a reminder of the format of the show, if you were new to it or you forget, neither Alex nor myself, we've re- neither of us have revealed any of our top five to each other, so he doesn't know about mine. I don't know about his. This is as to not influence our choices for the top five. Uh, and also, there's always a chance of spoilers when talking about the movies, so you have been warned. That said, let's get into it. Top five favorite Olympic movies, starting with number five. Alex, what do you got? Well, you know, the first movie that I thought of when I when you think of the, the Olympics, um, it's it's an Olympic movie, but it doesn't it's not at the Olympics. And my first movie is the original Ice Castles uh, with Robbie Benson and Lynn Holly Johnson. Um, it was a 1978 movie. It's probably one of the first movies I ever saw. And if you need a tearjerker, that's your movie. Um, you know, the the whole premise of the movie is uh, uh, Lynn, Lynn Holly Johnson's character, uh, Alexis uh, Winston, is an up-and-coming skater. And she gets into an accident where she goes blind and her skating career is completely over. She's in the, the, you know, bottom of her, of the dumps. And then Robbie Benson's character, uh, Nick, you know, brings her back to life. They, they end up fooling everyone by having her skate. And at the end, which is the tearjerker is she does this awesome program and then she ends up falling on her face. And I still remember Robbie saying it. We forgot about the roses. And even just saying that just gets me all choked up because it's just it's like one of those, you know, and I and I say it. But it's really not. It's like one of those after school special kind of mm-hmm. movies when we were kids. And it, it, it was it's a wholesome movie. And there's a lot of, you know, um, conflict and redemption. And it's just I just love it. Is it is is it based on a true story or is it a, a fictional? I story? think it's fictional. Okay. Um, but, you know, I know they did make a, a remake of it um recently but it's the original to me is is amazing i mean anytime you know you can say what you want but robbie benson is and was a great actor he's a great voiceover actor now and it's so funny you know we were talking about this before there's so many of the people that we grew up with now are doing voice acting to keep their career going and it's so nice because it's kind of like a warm blanket you well, know. but but Robbie Benson has been doing voiceover for for no. well over thirty years. No, now. I know. I'm I'm yeah. thinking of I'm I'm even thinking of Mark, Mark Hamill. You know. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You know, it's just like you, you think of him as one thing, and it's like, how's this guy paying the bills? Well, then you realize he's the Joker. He's this. He's that. He's that. And um, you know, so it's just kind of neat that these these folks, our childhood heroes, so to speak, have always been through our lives. We just didn't realize it in some cases. Yeah, I mean, yeah, because Robbie Benson, I mean, you talk about the the first voice he ever did was Beast. Right. And, you know, from Beauty and the Beast. And he did a number of projects as Beast. Absolutely. Um, 
you know, and then I think he did. I think he was. I think he was the voice of one of the dragons in the Dragonheart. Right. I I believe I could be wrong about that, but yeah, you're right. I mean, it's he's a voice. And Ice Castles is a movie I've never seen. Oh my god! I know I know of it very well. Right. I just haven't seen it. Oh, it's just like I said. It's I, I. If I'm not mistaken, I'm I'm looking right now. I think no, that's not true. I when I was when I was looking at the uh, the um, cast list, I mean like Tom Skerritt's in it. He's the dad, and um, you know Colleen uh, Dewhurst, who does a phenomenal job as the coach. Um, you know, it, it's just. Like I said, it's 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 such a good cast, and um, it just makes you feel good at the end. Yeah, and I'm looking at the uh, the the cast of the remake because I wanted to see if it's worth watching as well. And it was a direct to DVD, so right there, you know, probably well, not. I, I know, I know. Um, on a friend of mine's Plex account, they put the the new version and not the old version which um, really kind of stunk, but, you know... Um, I'll have to talk to that person. Yeah, you should talk to that person because <laughs> it, it just really is... Oh, and the other person that's in it is um, uh, Jennifer Warren. She's like the the coach that kind of gets her to the next level kind of thing. Okay. And, um, you know, it's just, it's, it's just really kind of neat. And, you know... I'll, I'll have to check that one out. Yeah, yeah I mean... I just haven't... I haven't it, yeah, you either know it or you don't. But what's your what's your first one or your fifth? Um, so my number five is one that we you and I have already discussed um, probably before we were, I believe it was before we were recording. And I have no doubt in my mind this is probably somewhere in your top five. And if it is, you can you can say it is, but just don't you don't have to reveal what number it is yet. I'm I was late to the game on this one, um, but. As in, like, I I saw it for the first time two years ago. Okay. And it's from 1992. Yep. And that's The Cutting Edge. Yep. Uh, I had actor D.B. Sweeney on the podcast, which, if you're listening to this on the new home of Wilhelm, you can scroll down through the feed and you will find that conversation with D.B. Sweeney. D.B. Sweeney was, he was so awesome to talk to. But I knew... When I posted, I was having DB Sweeney on everybody. Everybody was posting about the he was great in the cutting edge and toe pick and all this. I'm like, I guess I need to see this movie to talk to DB Sweeney because how could I not bring it up? It's everybody's favorite movie with DB Sweeney. And I watched it and it's a little dated. Oh, uh, yeah. But but that's all right. And, you know, especially when I saw that Moira Kelly was also in the in the movie, because I'm a, I'm a big Moira Kelly. I, I love Moira Kelly as well. Oh, my God. She's like so not hard on the eyes. <laughs> I love I, her. But I watched the movie and I ended up loving it. I thought it was funny. I thought it was I thought it was smart. I thought there was a lot of heart to it. You know, when you when you put this movie of this professional hockey player with this professional skater it is such an unlikely combination and there's there's the humor in them training and it's just it was just such a fun movie to watch that i had to i had to add it to my list what what i like about that movie and 
it, it was somewhere on my list, and I, I have other ones. I mean, the problem with this list, and and this is what I hate about you don't this have show. To replace no, 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 it's no, no but no, this is the problem with this show. Every time you tell me to do a goddamn <laughs> list, I got like twenty seven things on the list, and you drive me nuts. I, you're still t- you're still probably. Uh, doing my list for cartoons because I still have 27 of them more. No, and, <laughs> and I say that all, you know, all loving aside, I mean, what I love about the, that movie and um, which makes it so believable, I think, in an unbelievable way is the fact how they really, they really look like they didn't like each other and then they fell in love or whatever they did, but they, they were a cohesive unit at the end. Mm-hmm. And I and I think that that's what made it so so amazing to watch. Um, you know, I was a DB Sweeney. I, you know, I, I love a lot of the stuff that he was in. He was in um, uh, Mississippi Bell, uh, which is one of my all time favorite movies. Yeah, um, um, Mississippi Bell. Um, oh crap! What's the the abduction? Uh, is it I? It's not Eye in the Sky, is it? It's um, those are the only two movies I know of his. <laughs> Oh man, it's uh, yeah, Mississippi Fire in the Sky. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fire in the Sky. I knew it was something in the sky, um, which was also based on like a true story because we got to talk about that during the interview as well, right? Um, but yeah, he's like he's been in a bunch of stuff. That I'm I've sorry, seen. not Mississippi Bell, Memphis Bell. Oh my Memphis god, yeah, and I just had, I'm you know, I, I knew a, I knew what you meant, yeah, no, I know you the the, the listeners are like, oh, it's Memphis Bell, um, and he was also an eight man out. You know, um, he was, you know, he's been in a couple of really not good movies, but great movies uh, that stand the test of time. Well, I mean, and he's been in some great television, too. Oh, absolutely. He he was a character in a show that was very short lived, but I absolutely loved when it came on called Jericho. Oh, yeah. You know, he had a short run on Jericho as well, which I was, you know, excited to see him pop up on that. And I. Now that I'm thinking about it, I never even got to bring that up during our conversation, but that's all right. The one thing that he wasn't on, I'm looking at his thing, he he, he wasn't on Law and Order. I mean, come on. Come on, DB. You got to freaking be on Law and Order. Everybody was in on Law and Order. Everybody's on Law and Order. But now it's all coming back, so hopefully he has his chance. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, no, I was going to say, so yeah, I mean, that was, that was my number five. Okay. Um, uh, moving on for yours, what's your number four? All right, my number four is a total and utter guilty pleasure. I it is the it's the best worst movie I've I've ever seen, Uh-oh. and it's just it's so bad that it's great. And that's the movie called Stick It. Um, I've never seen that either. <laughs> oh my god, it is it is it's just a guilty pleasure. Um, you know uh, what the the whole premise of it is. Um, you know, this this girl, Haley Graham, she's like this rebellious girl who uh, has some friends that bike and do all sorts of du- stuff. She ends up going into a construction site and gets hurt. And the judge, our, our friends get hurt. They go to the judge. The judge um, forces her to go to this place in Texas where um, um, it's a, uh, whatchamacallit, a uh, Vic, Vic Vickerman's gymnastics stu- uh, academy, um, and uh, who's the 
Bridges. Uh, what's Je- Jeff Bridges. I'm looking Jeff at Jeff Bridges. Right yeah, now. I know. I couldn't. I couldn't think of his name. Jeff Bridges is the coach, and he's got you know a, a past or whatever. And um, it's just they they all hate her in the beginning because she's like the best of the best, and she kind of screwed up. And then they all become a team, and um, it's got a great soundtrack. I love the soundtrack. And it's just, it's one of those guilty pleasures that, and one of the things that, that Jeff Bridges does, because it's, I mean, as you well know, uh, gymnastics is such a competitive thing. And if you look at a gymnastics team, there's only like five to seven girls on a team, right? That go to the Olympics. And like, he's trying to sell these, these moms on their kids being so great. And, and he like always slips like, oh, they're going for, they're going to be gold. Oh, golden, like the Olympics. You know, it was like something like that, you know? This movie sounds so familiar to me that I wonder if I have seen it and I just forgot. I just forgot about it. It's it's awesome. I just I she's such a wise ass and she does a lot of this stuff where you hear what's in her head kind of stuff. So she's like talking and and it's just like you know is, is it olympics though or is it just gymnastic it's gymnastics but they're going to, they're trying to get to the olympics okay so i mean it's kind of a gray area but if it's really not it's they're not in the olympics but they're trying to get there so it's, it's kind olympic of hopeful so I, it's I'll olympic hopeful it. so if 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 it doesn't fit, talk to the. No, hopeful. it's it. I I think I think Olympic hopeful still fits. I mean, I'm going to tell you right now, my my top five are not the the top movies of all. It's my top, you know, and that's I, what and I, that's and that's what I like. I want it yeah. to be your top five. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I mean, so that said, I could go on and on and on about it, probably more, but probably longer than the uh, movie is. But you know, it's it's just a good feel good story. It's got a nice ending, it's got a nice redemption by all the characters. And what it does show, what what I do like is it shows kind of the weird side of gymnastics. Meaning, you know, when you're when you're trying to be one of these elite athletes, it basically takes your whole life over. And a lot of these girls don't have a life outside of it. And that's what's kind of, you know, and they kind of break that mold a little bit. So it's, if you get a chance to watch it on HBO or wherever you can watch it streaming, it's, it's worth the, uh, I, I'll have to, yeah, I'm going to have to add that to a list to I the, mean, to the list of, of, uh, like I said, that movie sounds so familiar for some reason. And I feel like I've seen it, but I don't know. I'll have to rewatch it and find. I out. can't wait to see your Facebook post after you said, "Oh my gosh, I saw this already." But <laughs> anyway, I forgot about it. What's your number four? So for my number four, I went with something a little bit more dramatic and definitely a little more serious. Uh, I went with a movie from 2014 called Foxcatcher. This movie astounded me because it's local. This yes, it is. The, the, tr- the events, this is based on a true story of something that happened in the county that I live in. And that is the um, the murder of uh, Mark Schultz. Yes. Uh, by John DuPont and, and his his training facility, which is in Newtown, Delaware County, Pennsylvania, which is I live in Delaware County. Right. And the cast is phenomenal. It's Steve Carell and Channing Tatum and Mark Ruffalo and Sienna Miller, Anthony Michael Hall. It's it's such a intriguing but sad story at the same time. Thankfully, John Dupont has passed. Right. He, he got 30 years in prison and he, he passed away in prison. Um, 
for the sh- the horrible shit that he did. Um, but I mean, it's just I don't want to reveal too much about this movie because of the fact that I want people if they have not yet seen it. I want people to watch. I have to watch it and I'm going to probably be covering it during the summer Olympics. Mm -hmm. Um, I know the story. I just haven't been in the right headspace to watch it. And that's the other thing too, is yeah, you do have to be in the right headspace to watch this movie because it is dark. It is. No, it's yeah. Yeah. I mean the, the uh, I think it was 2020 or I, I saw something on it and it's just awful yeah it's just awful it's i mean he, he was an olympic wrestler who was training with with john dupont and there was there's there's love interest and there's there's twisted elements oh yeah he was a sick man yeah john dupont was a very disturbing man uh and coach and you know unfortunately cut mark schultz's life short by by murdering him um which, you know, was in the news and, and such. But yeah, it's it's one of those movies. I Again, I don't want to say too much about it because I want to urge people to find it and watch it. It's right. not that old. It's still less than 10 years old. And I believe I believe it was an Oscar contender at the time as well. Uh, it was nominated. Yeah. yeah. Nominated for five Oscars at the time. So Oscar nominated film. Uh, and it was the best performance by an actor in a leading role, Steve Carell. Uh, Mark Ruffalo was nominated as a supporting actor, best writing, best achievement in makeup, and best achievement in directing. Yeah, so it was nominated for a lot of awards. And um, uh, and that's a great choice. I mean, it wasn't on my list because I didn't see it, but it it's definitely should be on the list. Yeah, and it won Movie of the Year in 2015 at the AFI. There you go. Uh, so, yeah, it's um, actually it won a number of awards at other award shows, but only nominated at the Oscars. So but that was my number four was Foxcatcher. That's just one. Again, not saying too much about the movie because I want people to go and see it. All so, right. Taking um, us into our top three. Um, we got number three. Yeah, uh, this is a movie that I didn't. I would have no reason to really watch other than I was watching HBO years ago and it popped up and I just turned out, I just loved it. And that's uh, the movie without limits. It's been a long time since I've seen that movie, but I've seen it. And it is, it's, it's fascinating. Um, It's, it's the uh, story of, um, Oh geez. Uh, Steve, Steve Fontaine. Yep. And, and his coach, um, who happened to be the co-founder of Nike, um, Bill Bowerman. Yep. yep. And it's his story, and he was the best at what he did. And he his big thing was he never wanted to be behind, and that was a big struggle between him and. Uh, Barrowman was because sometimes to beat the Russians or to beat whoever you had to kind of save some reserve and his big fit thing was if I'm going to do this I want to lead and I want to I want everybody to follow me now I believe and it's been a while since I saw the movie but you know when I was thinking of movies uh, you know this is this just popped into my into my head um 
you know, it's got a 78 on Rotten Rotten Tomatoes, and um, I just wanted to see one other thing about it. Um, yeah, he ends up dying uh, tragically, I believe, and um, what what I find also fascinating was uh, Barrowman was used to make their shoes. And he used to use a waffle maker to make the treads. And that's how he made all their shoes. And that's what had them had the advantage. Now, if you look at most sneakers, they all have those treads because that's the way they're made. Well, it was, it was because of him. And one of the things that you also have to look at is where it was. It was the University of Oregon. That's where he trained. That's was, that was his place, the Ducks. And that's why, um, you know, that's where it all came from. Um, and he had, there's a love interest. And um, I just, I just, it's been a while since I've seen the movie, but I know when I was going to make this list, it's one of those folks, if, you, if you're into Summer Olympics and you're into uh, history, it's, it's, a, it's a great uh, movie for both. Yeah, um, and, you're, and you're right. He did die relatively young and tragically. Uh, he was at an event yeah, uh, which that he actually won. Right. It was a 5000 meter race that he won. And then they went to a, they attended a party afterwards and he uh, on on his drive home, he jumped the curb. And yeah, I, I knew it was something crazy. What's yeah. interesting is Tom Cruise was one of the producers. Oh, of the of the film. Yeah. I mean, I know it's kind of a side note, but it's just kind of an interesting little um, uh, tidbit. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's been a while since I've seen it. It, it released in '98, so it's it's been yeah. out for oh well over 20 years. But it's, yeah, uh, yeah, no, no. But I, yeah. I, you know, I, I anytime I think of Olympics, that's like one of the first things that I I think of. That's I think that's one that's going to deserve a rewatch because it has been a while since I've seen it. Well, that's my job is to make your list longer. That's what everybody's job on the <laughs> Everybody does that to me, and it's fine. It's totally fine. Uh, my number three is. I I don't think. I don't think it's a cheat at all. I really don't because okay. I said it's any Olympic related movie. I okay. said winter or summer, but it could also be special. Oh God. Uh, my number three is a comedy from 2005 called the ringer. Oh, geez. It's, you know, it's a, it's a movie about, it's a comedy starring Johnny Knoxville for anybody who's not familiar and it was a movie I remember watching the trailer and thinking, like, how is this appropriate? Like, this is about a guy pretending to be handicapped. Right. To rig the Special Olympics. I like, know. Like, this is like, this is wrong, even for Knoxville. Like, this is wrong. And then I watched the movie on a whim, laughed my ass off at the movie, and then watched behind the scenes and when you watch the behind the scenes like it makes you enjoy the movie even more to know that one he was not downplaying at all in the least the amazing talent of these athletes right. in the special olympics and not only that but when the script was written and the movie was produced they made sure to approach the special olympics and say, this is what we are doing. And the Special Olympics was not only 100% behind the film, 
they lent some of their athletes to the making of the movie. A number of the athletes that you see in the movie are actual Special Olympic athletes. And it makes that movie so much more special. It is a ridiculous concept that only somebody like Johnny Knoxville could pull off. True. Because of the physical comedy involved. But the actors are great that are in it, including the handicapped actors that are involved in the making of the movie. Not every actor is a handicapped actor, but a majority of them are. And they are actual special needs athletes. And the movie is just, it's hysterical. It's heartfelt. It like the camaraderie with Johnny Knoxville's character and these athletes is just I mean, and it is a bit of a spoiler. It, you would feel bad if not if Johnny Knoxville's character ended up winning a medal because he's not handicapped. He doesn't win. He doesn't medal at all in this. It's just it is a movie I absolutely love. And there are a number of quotable lines in this movie that I still quote to this day. And that's awesome. It's have you podcast. seen it? I don't know if you've seen it before. It's, it's I can't bear to watch it. It's just the whole premise. Just I'm gonna I'm gonna put it on my list. You really should. Again, it's just, like it's, it's, when you watch the trailer and you think of what it is, like this is a guy making fun of the Special Olympics. Like this isn't right. Put in the back of your mind, like I said, the Special Olympics was behind it. There are actual special needs athletes in the movie, and they are not downplayed. At all. He well, even says it like I, I I'm paraphrasing it, but he even like at, at one point in the movie set quotes like uh, like I can't compete with these guys like they put other actual athletes to shame. Right. Well, I'm going to I'm going to throw it down when the Summer Olympics comes to despite my better judgment. Come on we'll, and we can we'll cover it and we'll field, cover it and 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 I'll be more than happy to with a smile on my face. I would absolutely love to cover that on Phil the screen. It is again, I absolutely adore this movie. I ha- it had to be in my top five. Again, it's Special Olympics, but it's still Olympic related. Well, so I had to. I don't know if I can really beat that, but I'm going <laughs> to try. Um, this number is, two. I, I really hate this list because these movies are not really a top five for me. Like they're all really good, amazing movies. Maybe not stick it, but the rest of them are, (laughs) Um, you know, but in terms of one of the things that I love about the Olympics and I hate about the Olympics is the political aspect of it. Cause it is very political. Mm -hmm. Um, It gets that way every year. And every time, you know, I know you're a big fan of Marvel and everything else. And how does that relate? Because there's one thing about Marvel that they love and, and a lot of places love doing, and that's focusing on World War II and Nazi Germany. And one of the greatest stories ever told was the movie Unbroken. I don't and know if I've seen it. It is, without a doubt, one of the greatest stories ever and what's what's really neat about it it's based on a book um louis zamparani i know i'm gonna say it wrong uh Zamp- zamparani um what happened was he he was a um track star and he was captured 
in uh, the Japanese theater and he was tortured. And what happened was they found out that he was an Olympic athlete and the, the man that, and I forget his name offhand. I'm sorry, folks. I'm going to get it right now. The, uh, the bad guy. Yes. Watanabe, um, tortured upon tortured this man and he wouldn't break i mean what they did was and one scene they took him out of the the camp they brought him to a, a wonderful um dinner and they said if you if you uh discredit america and you say that Japan, the Japanese way is better, and I'm paraphrasing. Mm-hmm. We'll give you, we'll we'll send you back. We'll do this. We'll do that. And he's like, no. I mean, if it wasn't a true story, y- you wouldn't believe it. Um, what's also really amazing about it is the writer never actually met him. Uh, um, they did everything over the phone. Because uh, it was just because he was so old, it was just a weird. Situation. She was blind, I think, and um, they did everything over the phone. So there's there's tons and tons of recordings of of him. But well, I didn't I didn't realize either. I'm looking at this. This is a Coen Brothers film. Yeah, yeah, the Coen Brothers were but, the screenwriters. But the thing about it, and directed by Angelina Jolie, right? But this is the even sick part. So they get they get shot down, right? They're in the water for like days. One of his friends died. I think one or I'm not sure if one or both of his friends die in the water. The Japanese pick him up, and then they start torturing him even more. I mean, it was just like you can't. It's a must see. Well, that's just what they did during war times. No, I'm just no. What I mean by that is what I mean by that is it's just it's so unbelievable that you just can't believe that somebody endured that. But the greatest part of the whole entire movie is this. After it's all done, he goes home. He comes back to Japan. He tries to forgive his torturer. He wouldn't see him because he was so distress. He was so um, ashamed of himself. The torturer. Yes. Okay. Um, and it, it was just awful. It was just awful. I have but, to check it out. Yeah. Oh, it's it, I, yeah. I know it was nominated and. It, I, I'm not sure if it won anything, but um, it was it was an amazing, amazing um, movie. Yeah, it doesn't have any Oscar. Oh yeah, nominated for three Oscars. Yep. Uh, nominated for achievement in cinematography, sound mixing, and sound editing. So none of the biggies. No, unfortunately. But I'll tell you, it 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 was definitely my uh, one of my my. Uh, it's not an easy movie, uh, but it was definitely up there as a and as a great I, I movie. Wrote it, I wrote it down. It is on my list. There you go. Okay, what's your next one? My number two is a movie neither one of us is a stranger to because we just covered it on Field to Screen. My number two is a little movie called Cool Runnings. Of course. It's look. It is the movie that when you talk about the Winter Olympics, it is one of the movies that almost everybody's mind goes to. You'd say what if you say to 10 people, what's your favorite Olympic movie or what's your favorite Winter Olympic movie? 
eight out of 10 of those people, I guarantee you will say cool runnings. Because why would you not? It is a heartwarming story. It's funny. It's got John Candy, which you can't go wrong with that. No, you can't. I'm I'm not going to dive too deep into this. All I'm going to say is, if you want to hear more about our conversation about Cool Runnings, we covered it on Field to Screen. Go subscribe to Field to Screen and go listen to that episode. And I'll pay you my $20 later. <laughs> I, this is free of charge, my friend. Uh, no, no, it, it, I, I do... I do appreciate the movie now since I I covered it with you again. I love the movie. Don't get me wrong. It's just, it's, I mean, like a lot of these movies, you kind of forget. And it was one of those movies that, you know, I forgot how much I enjoyed it. Um, It is is usually my Olympic palate cleanser. When the Winter Olympics are coming, I watch Cool Runnings. Well, that's, and that's great. Because I have to, like, it gears me up for... For the for the Winter Olympics. And it is probably one of the reasons why I love the bobsled events as much as I do, because it's fast paced. It's exciting. And I know a lot of the behind the scenes and what it takes for these athletes to become this caliber of athlete to do this event. Right. Oh, no, it's it's amazing. And, and you know, to your point, we do talk about this a little bit um, on our episode and. What I love about it is when you're talking about this, you have a smile from ear to ear, and that's what it's all about. <laughs> yeah. And that's what and that's what movies are supposed to do. You know, they laugh, they cry. They're better than cats on Broadway than in that well, awful movie. They're, they're not better than cats on Broadway. They're better than the movie version. That's what I meant. Cats. That's what I meant. The movie. I just the thought of what's his name in a tights or Idris Elba uh, or take any a, of them. Just take just take your yeah. James Corden, just that's a that's a that's a that's a palate cleanser I don't need. James Corden in tights. Yeah, we should just end the podcast after that because I know I don't know if I want to talk about anything else. Um, I've tarnished my mind. You know, I guess it's my number one, huh? Uh, yeah. What's your uh, What's your number one? And you know something, like I said, folks, I have so many honorable mentions because there's just so many great. I movies. don't have a lot this time. Oh, I have tons. Okay, good. Because uh, I'm going to tell you right now, it, it, there's just too many good movies. But you know what? I just covered it on my podcast. If you need, if you love America and you love getting pumped up, there is no <laughs> I already know where you're going. Movie better than Miracle. Yeah, I mean, it's just it, it's got everything, and the best part is, it's a true story, and I think they did the movie justice historically like for instance there's only like two or three women in the whole entire movie meaning it was all about that team they they what i love about it and again you can listen to it i'm not going to get too much into it but they really captured the 70s perfectly and if you're of a certain age and you remember that it, it really all the little um, nuances to that, and um, the other thing is, and again, when you listen to the intro, um, it's in the intro. You know, um, one of the greatest lines that mm-hmm. he says, thanks to I think somebody. I know the guy that created the intro. I know. I. I it's like God. 
<laughs> but no, sorry, folks. It's we're not trying to be gushing too much. But no, I, I just I just think that it was such a slice of time, and the sad part is, is that history repeats itself, um, and you know the conflicts that they had then are conflicts that we're having now, and it's just kind of a sad thing. Um, but it's just amazing how 2020 college kids came together to beat the greatest hockey team ever. I know big spoiler. (laughs) If you haven't, this is one of those movies. I know we put the spoiler warning out there, but if you haven't seen miracle yet, it's, it's past spoiler prime. I know. Um, but you should see it. Cause I agree. It was, it was very difficult to not include it in my top five. I'm not going to lie. There's movies that we're going to talk about honorable mention that, I mean, it's some of the greatest movies ever, but you know, when I, when I'm doing this list, I wanted to do the ones that I enjoyed the most. Yeah. And and that's what the list should be. Exactly. And it's also been a while since I've seen Miracle. So that's also another reason why it didn't make my top five. I have a feeling had I watched it recently, it probably would have bumped it into the top five. Yeah. Because I mean, Kurt Russell alone is just phenomenal in that movie. He, 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 I, every interview that he had during that time, he had said, there's three ways that I could play the part. I could play it as Kurt Russell, as a coach that happened to be him, you know, some other way, or I just dive in and be her Brooks. Uh, and, I mean, that's, and that's it. Like he is the physical, he literally is, you forget he's Kurt Russell. Right. He becomes her Brooks for that movie. And what I also love about the movie um, is they had, and I'm going to jump back for one second. You know the uh, the cake maker Duff? Yes. Okay. I saw an interview with him and he said, I want creative people and I turn them into bakers. Okay. Okay. What they did for this movie, they got hockey players and turned them into actors. Which is great. Because the scenes are so up close and personal that it's as real as it's going to be. Yeah. And that's why, and that's why it's just such a great movie. And, you know, Kurt Russell is Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell is just amazing. I mean, you know what? The more, the more, the more I see of him. It's like there's just never enough. I mean, you know, he's been a Disney star for his whole career. Oh, the the um oh god, what is the movie? The man the boy who was a computer or Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Something I can't remember what it is. And there will be a Kurt Russell episode of Wilhelm um come at, at some point, probably oh, yeah, no. most likely this year. And I can't wait to do it because I am like I am a huge Kurt Russell. I love Kurt Russell. I I I'm gushing over Kurt Russell now, but that's all right. I mean, one of his best movies, I mean, not his best, but I love Sky High. Oh, God, I love Sky High. I mean, and I wish they would have made a second one because it's just, it was just such a a fun, you know, I love when he makes fun of himself. Like, and he does it so well, like, you know. Well, I mean, and like, and again, I don't want to turn this into the Kurt Russell. No, I know. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do that. No, 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 it's fine because I'm about to do it too. Like, even now, he is, we talked about this already on an earlier episode of, yep. of Wilhelm last year. He's fucking Santa now. 
Like, and he is an amazing Santa Claus. And he has come out and said that as of now, he's pretty much retired from acting, which is which he has every right to be, because like you said, he's been acting his entire life. Right. But he has said, I'm pretty much retired from acting now, with the exception of playing Santa. I will play Santa as long as they want me to, which I think is fantastic. Well, he started in 1962 on Dennis the Menace. That doesn't I mean, surprise me. You know what I mean? Like, it's he's had a little career, you know? I feel like I haven't... Uh, so, I, I'm going to be announcing it soon with the next episode of Wilhelm is, but I feel like I want to change it now to Kurt Russell. Sorry, I, I, made, uh, no, I'm not I made it difficult. I'm, I'm no, I made it difficult what, for you. No, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with what I have planned, but a Kurt Russell episode will be happening. And, and I know there are people that are so much qualified than i am to to talk kurt russell i just i'm just a fanboy but you know i am too though no i'm just saying i I, i'm not a i'm not an expert but i just the computer wore tennis shoes oh there you go that's it because you know you never get enough of that yeah that was the that was the i think that's one of the first disney films he did was the computer wore tennis shoes that was in 1969 Okay. Um, yeah, I'm going through it right now. Oh, yeah. There it is. Son yeah. of a gun. I think that's the first Disney movie that he did. And you're right. He's done a bunch with Disney since then, uh, including the Marvel films now. Of course. So, oh, um, God, who can forget Big Trouble, Little China? Okay, we're done. I know. Stop. No Just more stop, please. <laughs> please stop. This is Wilhelm, though. This is like Wilhelm goes off on tangents. It's fine. Oh, yeah. So, um, so I guess that what, leads me to my number one, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Which I'm sure you know what it is. I think I is. do. I think but I do. But the listeners don't know what it is. My number one is a movie that I have grown to absolutely love. Cool Runnings would have been my number one, but this movie has surpassed it. From 2015, the true story of Eddie the Eagle Edwards. It's Eddie the Eagle. Yeah, baby. I This movie, man, is first off, I adore Hugh Jackman. Yes. Anybody who knows me knows I love Hugh Jackman. The guy never um, ages. He is my favorite living actor right now. I have to say that because Robin Williams will always forever be my favorite actor of all time. Um, Hugh Jackman is my current favorite living actor right now. Um, but Hugh Jackman and Taron Edgerton are so good in this movie. It's so it's funny it's heartfelt and it takes place. It's the same Olympics as cool runnings. Yes. It was the Calgary Olympics. And it's just, man, like it's just so fun and heartfelt. And it's the amazing story about this guy who just was told, no, he'll never make it. He'll never be any good who refused absolutely refused to give up and may not have meddled in the Olympics, but put all his, all the people who denied he would ever be good. He showed them all they were wrong. And that is such a fantastic story. And Hugh Jackman is fantastic as Bronson Peary, Taron Edgerton as Eddie, the Eagle Edwards. He's almost unrecognizable because of like the thick bottled glasses, like the Coke bottle glasses and the hair. It's just, it's so out of character for him, but he fits the role perfectly. It's just, I cannot gush 
I know you have a different opinion about this movie, and I don't want you to go too deep into. I'm not opinion. gonna because we're gonna be covering it on it, mine. Yeah. It's, it's going to be your what? next episode of Field of Screen. I'm gonna. Say, to I go will. Too deep. I will say this: it's a great story, and anybody that and everybody does wants to be an Olympian. Like when you watch the Olympics, you're like, "What? What Olympic sport can I do?" And the one thing I will say is. You know his determination is second to none. It's unmeasured. It, yeah, it is it, it really literally is. unmeasured. Like it is. You watch this movie, and even as a viewer, in some of the earlier parts of this movie, before you really start to get behind him, right? There are parts as a viewer you're like, wow, like you are not like you were horrible at this. Yeah. And and but you, as a viewer, you watch and you start to fall oh you fall in love with them i mean yeah. i'm not gonna i'm not gonna deny that but um you know it, it, it's a it's a fun movie um it's definitely a must watch when you're talking about winter olympics but what i do find interesting like you said is it was the same year as cool runnings yeah it was the calgary olympics i mean you know talk about talk about um you know upstaging each other <laughs> well, I mean, and that's the thing too. The 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 Jamaican bobsled team did not medal. Eddie the Eagle did not medal. But if you go back and you look at news stories that came out of the Calgary Olympics, yeah, like newspaper stories or television stories that came out of the Winter Olympics, these are two of the biggest, most talked about athletes or group of athletes that came out of Calgary. Absolutely, they it's, were it's, talked about more than some of the people who won gold medals. Well, it's funny because. We talk about this in uh, in the Miracle episode. You know, the same year that the U.S. hockey team won was the same year Eric Hyden did his fantastic job by getting five medals. Mm-hmm. And it would have been the Eric Hyden Olympics because he was basically, you know, um, the Michael Phelps of, of skating – and he got overshadowed by one medal of 20 guys, you know? So it, it's just, it, it just goes to show you how, you know, being at the right place at the right time means all the difference. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, who knows? I think it was Christy Yamaguchi that was in Calgary. I forget. Um, but, you know, who knows who won any of the sports, but we all know those two, those two teams, Eddie, the Eagle and, uh, and the Jamaican, Jamaican bobsled team. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and it, it's just I I adore this movie so much, and it's again my my love for Hugh Jackman. My love for Hugh Jackman is what made me watch the movie, and right. I just ended up just loving the movie in general. And it's and 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 Hugh Jackman is a supporting character. I mean, right? You know, it's it, Taron Egerton is the heart of this film. Oh no, no, absolutely, and 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 he. He is Eddie, you oh, know, absolutely. and, yeah. and he embodies him. And, um, you know, I, I didn't realize who he was cause my daughter loves the, the movie sing. So I didn't realize that was the same person. <laughs> and, you know, I just, it goes back to the whole voice acting thing. And, um, you know, that's, what's so nice about doing podcasting is, you start finding, and I know you have that list, but you start finding movies of actors or or genres that you didn't realize that you wanted to take that rabbit hole dive to. Yeah. So actually, funny story too. Um, I I love the same movies. I think they're so well done. Oh, they're the best. Um, and and Taron Egerton is Johnny. 
Right. He he's the main focus of the first movie. It's him and his broken relationship with his with his father, who's a prisoner. And the song and him singing I'm Still Standing in that movie is actually what led to him getting the role as Elton John right. in Rocket Man. Which was just I, I love that that path. But he's also great in the Kingsman movies and right. the Kingsman movies are phenomenal. Oh, they're great. They're so good. Um yeah, I mean, like I said, it's 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 putting all those dots together that that are so amazing, and um, that's what makes that's what makes this so much fun to do. Yeah, so um, that, yeah. So my number one, Eddie the Eagle, and again, like I said, I didn't want you to go because I know you have it coming up on Field of Screen. Yeah, so I didn't no, want no, no. You to go too in depth with it, but I'm absolutely no. going to listen because uh, I know I just, when I, I and I I know I, I expect some feedback whether it's recorded or not because I know you're going to have some thoughts on it. Oh yeah, of course. Um, you could just play this as your feedback. I figured that's what I was going to do. Um, but no, we'll, we'll see how it goes. And, uh, you know, we'll yeah. see how it goes. Uh, do you have any honorable mentions? I, thank you for taking the lead on the show. You know, because that's what I do if I, I didn't. You, you do it every time you come. And on. then when it's my podcast, I don't do it. I make you do it. And you know what's <laughs> funny, too, is ordinarily I usually take a break after the top five. Uh, for okay. an ad, I usually take an ad break, but I'm bypassing it this week because actually there's no feedback this week. Unfortunately, um, I don't think I promoted it well enough on social media to get any feedback, which is fine. I don't have to have feedback every week. So since there's no feedback, we're going to bypass bypass the break this week uh, and skip the ad break. And we are going to jump into honorable mentions. Okay. Um, so I I only have a few. I literally have not including Miracle. Because we we I did mention we did just talk about that. It is in my honorable mentions. I only have three. Okay. So if you have a bunch, let's start with you. What's one of your first honorable mentions? All right. You know, this should have been in my top five. And it's probably one of the best scariest uh whatever movies uh, and that's I Tanya. That's in my honorable mentions. I mean, it, it's just <laughs> it's so bad. Cause it's real, but it's so good. I mean, it, it really was. It should have been in my top five. It, it's just, it's such a great movie, and um, Tanya Harding is so. She's a polarizing um, person, and when you see where she comes from and her mother, it kind of gives you a little bit of sympathy about her. Oh, she's oh, she's all sympathy. Because her mother played brilliantly by Allison Janney <sighs> is like she's horrible. I mean, you're just ready for her to say no wire hangers ever. Yeah. I mean, that's the only thing she didn't say, you know, and mommy dearest, it's just uh it, it's such a it's such an awful when I say awful the subject is so awful of the situation, but it's played so brilliantly by all the actors. It's kind of played very tongue in cheek. I mean, because when you talk about like news stories and I know honorable mentions, we're only supposed to do these very quickly, but I I, I feel like we should spend a minute at least on this one. Um, you're right. Like we talk about big news stories that come out of the Olympics and how they kind of overshadow actual achievements that happen. Then Nancy Kerrigan, Tanya Harding, news story it was the biggest story it was the biggest story that came out of the olympics i mean i mean what'd she say everybody knows why me 
<laughs> yeah. But I also want to say, too, I'm also really thrilled because I did rewatch this movie recently in anticipation of this because it is honorable mentions and it has been a while to see. I completely forgot Sebastian Stan was also in this movie. Oh, yeah. And I'm going to be on stage with Sebastian in a couple I know. weeks. So I kind of hope I get to bring this up to him. Um, and I'm so I'm, jealous, by the way, if I'm able to record that, by the way, it is going to be an episode of Wilhelm. So for those of you that are listening, who won't be attending the event in, in Atlanta in March, um, there are a number of actors I'm going to be on stage with. I'm hoping to record and release. Uh, so hopefully you will get to hear them. And Sebastian Stan is one of them. So um, I'm incredibly excited to meet him and to be on stage with him. And hopefully I get to bring Itanya up because it'd be fun. That'd be hey, it's a and I bet you it's one of those things that with all of these been doing lately, it's either going to be something he's going to love to talk about because nobody talks about it anymore, and you know it might be something. I mean, he got to work with a couple of pretty good actors. Well, I mean, <laughs> and you and you know the event that because you're going to be in attendance at the, absolutely um, that we're talking about, which is Pandemic in in Atlanta, uh, March 18th, 19th, and 20th. Might as well promote it. Yeah. And fandemictour.com if you want to get tickets if you're in the Atlanta area. But yeah, I mean, you know, that kind of event, most people are going to be talking about Marvel kind of stuff because of him playing Winter Soldier. Winter Soldier or, or Luke or. Uh, oh, you, well, he's, he was never Luke. Um, well, isn't wanted it is, him to be Luke? Isn't it his body? No, it's not his body. Oh, I thought it was his body. I'm sorry. No. I was, I was. I always know that was that was kind of a fan made thing that people say he looks very similar to Mark Hamill, which oh, he does. OK. Um, and somebody generated a picture of of him as Luke Skywalker, but it wasn't him. Um, but, you know, like he's he's been in a bunch of Marvel and he's doing the Pam and Tommy series now. So I as a panel moderator, I enjoy bringing up projects that most people probably won't ask about. Yes, because they get to talk about it and they probably don't get to talk about it often. Right. So with you being in the audience, be prepared for me to probably bring up I talk and I'll have a nice smile. There you go. I'll look for it. Um, um, I'm um, sorry. No, it's fine. Um, I'll just I only have two. So I'm going to knock out my two real quick and then I'll okay. let you run off yours. Um, mine. One of my honorable mentions is Blades of Glory. Uh, with Will Farrell and John Heater, where they play figure skaters in the Olympics. It's completely ridiculous. And it was a movie I had that I kind of had to watch a number of times to let it grow on me. But I've since learned to appreciate it. And my other honorable mention is, of course, a classic. It's Chariots of Fire. Yeah. I mean, and that, anytime we're talking about a list, Chariots has to be on there. Yeah. Um, I know a friend of ours had just covered it a couple of months ago or or so. Um, and, uh, that was watch, Damien, right? Yeah. Damien yeah. on watch, watch, watch the eighties. Yeah. I mean, it's, and it's a great episode. Um, you know, I, 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 I want it as an honorable mention just because I just have an affinity to other movies. Um, but yeah, it was going to definitely be in my honorable mention. Um, and those are, those are great picks. I mean, uh, you know, cutting edge, it, it, it's it's one of those I love it, but I had other ones I wanted to bring up. I knew you were going to bring it up, and <laughs> and it's just like okay, of course it's on the list. But um, yeah, what are some of your other ones? Yeah, I, I love the movie Race. Um, it's the Jesse Owens story. Yeah, that's a great movie, and it's one I haven't seen. I it, mean, it's it's relatively new, so I, I don't want to say it's been a while since I've seen it. Right, but I I did see it when it came out. 
and I haven't seen it since. Yeah, I haven't seen it in a while, but I just remember it being a very good movie. Um, you know, the one movie that I really had a hard time with, but it's it's Olympic based, is Richard Jewell. I haven't seen it. It's it's bizarre. Like it, it's kind of like the movie JFK in the sense of you're after it, you're like, what really happened? You know, I mean, it's such a weird, is he a hero or is he not, you know? And it's just a bizarre situation. Um, But, you know, it's definitely worth a watch if you're into the Olympics. I mean, you know, the the other ones that I, 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 you have to put on a list, the movie Personal Best or downhill downhill racer. Mm-hmm. I mean, those are two classic classic movies. I mean, I've always loved International Velvet. Um, I don't even know Tate- if I've heard of that one. Tatum O'Neill, nineteen seventy eight. Yeah, yeah I don't oh even my know god, if I've heard of that one? Oh my gosh, great movie. You need to put that on your list. International um, Velvet, it's called. Yeah, it's about horses. Okay, jumpers. Um, now, there's a movie that's coming out that is on my list, but the reason why it's on my list is because PBS did a special on it. And if you can watch it, it was under American experience. And it's not a movie, but it was a, it was a American experience uh, episode. It's called the boys of 36. And it's about these boy, uh, this, the rowing team um, in 1936, working class kids from university of Washington. And they were all loggers. And they ended up winning the gold medal in those games. And these... In what sport? In rowing. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, You might have said that and I kind of missed it. And um, George Clooney is actually producing it. Uh, It's coming out, I think, next year. I'm not sure. But if you can get a chance to to watch the uh, American Experience Boys of 36, it's, it's amazing. Again, it's one of those stories, kind of like Eddie the Eagle. They should have never been there. They, sh- you know, as you well, as many people know, rowing is not for. It's a rich person sport. Let's just call it what it is. These guys were the exact opposite, and it's an amazing, an amazing story. Um, and it really is. I hate saying that, but it really is a rich person. Sport. Oh, it is. No, I mean, there's certain sports you have to have money to do. I yeah. mean, and, you know, it's not by accident that these things happen. Um, you know, obviously, you've got movies like Munich, which are, you know, considered some of the classics. Um, and what was the other one? I saw it years ago. And... I'm throwing it in here. It's with Burt, Burt Lancaster, and it's the story of Jim Thorpe. Um, it's if people don't know who Jim Thorpe is, he's probably one of the greatest athletes America's ever had. You know, and when I say American, he was American Indian, and he played every sport under the sun, and he also was a, an Olympian. Um, so if you ever get a chance to watch that, it's, it's really interesting. Now there's a lot of other movies that I'm not going to talk about, but if you are into history and you're into sport, then this is a great way to kind of merge both of them, um, with a lot of these movies. Cause unfortunately there's been tragedy and, and celebration 
in the Olympics with both sides. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, they're, they're one of the first, there was another one for the uh, Hitler Olympics, and I can't think of the name of it offhand, but it was basically a uh, propaganda movie promoting the Aryan race, which is a fantastic movie because when you look at history, and I can't think of the name of the movie, I, I'm sorry, but it's just a fascinating kind of look when you take those that look back like, this is where we came from, kind of thing. Um, and, and again, you know, it's every not, time it's I... It's not Olympia, is it? I think it is Olympia, now that you mention it. It's from it. like 19, um, 1938. Yeah, I think that's what it is. Okay. I think that's what it is. I'm, I'm looking at it too. But again, it, you know, there's just so many great movies. And um, when you had asked me to come on, I'm like, okay, where do we start? And, you know, I just, I personally, I love the historical with the, with the, the, a little of the truth versus, versus um, it all being, you know, crazy. As much as I love cool runnings, it's a based on a true story versus the true story. Yeah. Yeah. And and I mean, and we talk about that as well. It's not that it's, it's not that it's bad. It's just that it's just kind of neat when you, when you really get some of these, um, these actual stories you're like holy cow how do these yeah. people do it and i mean, I mean yeah i mean and even in the comparison of cool runnings to eddie the eagle eddie the eagle is more of a true story absolutely than cool runnings is cool runnings doesn't even use the names of the original people right whereas eddie the eagle does right you know there's definitely a lot of changes to cool runnings uh, compared to the actual story whereas eddie the eagle is a little bit more straightforward definitely some changes but a little bit more straightforward. So, but I can absolutely understand the intrigue in the mo- the movies that are more closer right to the actual story of what happened. You know, like you mentioned Munich, which is another one that I didn't put in my honorable mention, yeah. but I should have. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's I mean, it's on all the lists, you know, and and um it's just it's it's fascinating stuff. I mean, I know Netflix has a whole bunch of uh, skater series that are out there. I'm not going to go. I mean, you can go on Netflix. You can always find that. Anything that has to do with skating, there's usually has to do with the Olympics as well. So, yeah. I, I mean, and and gymnastics and all that. I know Gabby Douglas has a couple of videos or whatever. But the bottom line is there's a ton of great stuff out there. And I'm just really happy to be able to talk to you about it. Yeah, of course. Um, so, Let's talk a little bit about Field the Screen. You're back with the show. Uh, tell people about the podcast, where they can find it, what you got planned. Um, well, we're doing a, a little Olympic uh, month. Olympic where fever. The Olympic fever is has caught both podcasts. Uh, we started out with um, we're doing Miracle. Uh, we've got Eddie the Eagle coming up. We're doing I Tanya, and I th- I'm not sure we're doing another one as well. We're still trying to figure out what it is. Um, we're we're doing it once a week. Uh, they're dropping I think on Sundays now. Um, and then after we get through all of of the Winter Olympics, it'll probably be spring, and we'll st- I have a whole bunch of uh, baseball and other sports coming up. Um, we're at field to screen, uh, dot com. It's field, the number two screen. Um, and check us out, subscribe, and we'd love to hear from you.
Yeah, it's a lot of fun. And I know you accept feedback as well for the movies that you're doing. And we try. And you're on I know you're on Instagram and Facebook as well, where you usually post what movies you're about to do so people can leave your feedback. And yeah. And and what we're going to try to do um, is something a little different just to kind of break stuff up. You know, I'm in the process of trying to get some of the actors or athletes um, that are part of different sports and uh, do a little interview. Uh, whether it's movie-based or not movie-based, because I really think that all athletes have one thing in common. They have their goals and their passions and their training. And I think that that's something that people need to uh, to look at. Yeah. And I think I, people like. And I know I'd be interested in hearing, too, some of the actors that you get on if, when you do, because I'm going to give you a hand with that as well. Um and I, I, I'd be interested to hear like how they get in the mindset of either portraying an actual athlete or getting into the mindset of portraying an athlete on right. on screen. You know, whether it's somebody who was real or somebody who's not. And I think you know what actors actors want to be athletes and athletes want to be actors. You know, and it just like and there's you know, a lot of crossover there too. And there is, I mean, and that's the thing. And I mean, you look at all these movies; not everybody can skate. So you have to have some kind of ability. Yeah. Um, you, you know, I have a, f- a friend of mine. He he does archery, per, like competition archery. His his teacher is a gold medal winner, f- Russian winner. He lives in the States. He taught Katniss, Jennifer Lawrence, how to shoot. That's for, awesome. I mean, and we're talking – Florham Park, New Jersey, you know, and I, very modest about it. You wouldn't even know it. There's a picture up there that somebody else had to put up of the two of them. He wouldn't even put it up because he's that modest. Yeah. But my point being is, you know, there is a lot of crossover in a lot of different movies that I know you love. I mean, you look at Hawkeye, you look at all these different types of things. And, and that's what this is all about is trying to make people feel good in terms of the different movies and, Talk to people that about what they love. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so on the next episode of Wilhelm, we're we're going to dive into another actor spotlight. We haven't done one of those since we did the John Cusack episode very early on in Wilhelm, uh, which was a lot of fun. So I figured it's about time we do another one. Uh, and again, thought about switching into Kurt Russell after this conversation, but I'm not. I'm going to stick with this one. Uh, the next official episode of Wilhelm is going to drop on March 11th. That's in two weeks from... Uh, the Friday that this episode's dropped, and it's going to be a conversation about our top five movies from George Clooney. Wow, um, he's got a very large repertoire, so it's uh, it's going to be an interesting one because he's had some great movies and he's he's had some not so great movies. I can almost pretty much guarantee you, Batman and Robin will not be on anybody's list. Oh, come on. Even he doesn't even put it on his list. I was going to say he wouldn't even put it on his own list. <laughs> I, I saw him. I saw him. And if you ever get a chance to see this, instead of the actor studio, what they're doing on PBS is actor versus actor to actor. Actors on actors, yeah. And, and they had him and Michelle Pfeiffer because they had done a movie together. And he was talking about different movies. And he's like, yeah. And then I did that small movie, Batman, which we don't really talk about. Because you know what? Not every role is the best role <laughs> you know no, i mean he has he has basically come out and said i ruined batman well i don't think he did at but... least that franchise of batman look but 
there's a part of me that kind of enjoys that movie a little bit. It's a guilty pleasure. It's the worst of the four by far. I, what's sad is he's debonair enough. He should have been enough to carry the movie, and it just didn't work. No. No, I'm just saying, like, when you, when you think of Batman, and again, I'm not here to, de- it's not a debate. I'm just saying, when you think of George Clooney, just, you just say the name, yeah, I could see that. Now, I'm not saying, the, take the movie out of it. Yeah, I could see that. But then he did the movie and it just didn't work. It just so. didn't work. Yeah. No, I'm just saying, but he's that kind of guy, you know? Yeah, I get it. Um, that's all. But we'll talk. Uh, yeah, that's going to be. That's on me. That's, I'm not on that. So yeah. um, I don't even know who's on that one yet. So we'll find out. But it's um, like I said, March 11th will be the next official episode of Wilhelm uh, actor spotlight. Top five favorite movies of George Clooney. And just a heads up. This episode that you are listening to right now is the last episode before the official move to the new feed for Wilhelm, where Wilhelm and the Spotlight are officially merging on the Spotlight's feed, which is the the former home of the Spotlight. Um, So if you're listening to this and you have not yet subscribed to that new feed, uh, the easiest way to do that is go to pod.link slash Wilhelm. And there you will find the new links to subscribe to the podcast on the former on the 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 feed where it's moving to if you haven't already. So I just have a silly question. Yeah, yeah. If I have the Wilhelm subscribe, I have to resubscribe to something different. You have to resubscribe to the spotlight feed because that's where the podcast is moving. I, I, I just wanted to make sure so I know what I'm doing. And if and when you go to that link, pod.link slash Wilhelm, you will see the art has already changed to Wilhelm. The title has already changed to Wilhelm. Everything has already changed because March 1st is when everything moves to that feed. You won't hear anything else on the original Wilhelm feed. Um, and the reason for that is because Spotlight had a much larger Right. subscription base and audience. So it made more sense to move it to the larger audience that I've had because I've cultivated that audience over eight years. Right. So now it's it's a bigger audience moving it to that feed and merging it with that episode. It's great. With that said, the spotlight, which is merged into Wilhelm, there is one more um, Wilhelm spotlight series that will be coming. We, we talked about this earlier on, and it will be the final thing. Actually, I take that back. The, the merge is happening March 1st, this new spotlight series you will only hear on that new feed so you have to subscribe to that new feed to to hear it um and we teased the guest earlier i'm very excited because uh it is with actor chad coleman wow who if you are unfamiliar with chad coleman you knew him from the walking dead he was on the wire he's currently on the orville um he has been in a bunch of stuff he's in always sunny in philadelphia he's an amazing actor he is uh, he's he's launching a new podcast coming up oh. in a couple of weeks. So we're, he's coming on to talk podcaster to podcaster. We'll, oh, talk awesome. a little, we'll talk a little bit about of his career. We're going to promote Fandemic again because he is a guest at Fandemic next month in, in down in Atlanta. We're going to talk about a lot. We're only going to talk for about a half hour. So it's going to be a great conversation. Um, so, yep, the next Spotlight series with uh, actor Chad Coleman will probably be dropping on the new Wilhelm feed um, either Sunday or Monday is most likely when you will see that drop. Oh, that's awesome. 
So I'm looking forward to it. Well, it sounds like you got a lot of great stuff going on. I know this has been a long time coming in terms of, I know you've been building stuff to a certain point and, you know, I know this is not your first year of doing this. It's been like the eighth or like you said, the eight or 10 years. And it's just really, it's really neat that, you know, the progression that you've done and you've, you've helped out a lot of people. So and it congratulations. Just, and, and it just made sense to take a podcast where I talk to actors and actresses and people in the entertainment industry. It just made sense to merge that with a podcast where I'm talking about things, movies and television shows from the entertainment industry. It just made sense to just bring them together and be like, Hey, let's just pull it all together. Bring it all to you in one place. Absolutely. And, and go one stop shopping. And, I, shopping. and again, I'm, it's it's exciting because in addition to these spotlights and the, the same conversations Wilhelm is having, um, I'm I'm getting back on stage again. As I mentioned, I'm going to be on stage with Sebastian Stan, Stephen Amell, uh, James Marsters. And I think I might even be doing the Ross Marquand, Seth Gillum and Cooper Andrews panel. I'm not sure yet. Awesome. Um, and that's next month in Atlanta in April. I'm going to be back on stage again, and I'm, I'm so excited. I'm going to be on stage with Kevin Smith and Jason Muse. I'm hoping to score Kevin and bring him, bring a conversation with him over to Wilhelm. Um, and I think I might even be on stage with Tom Welling, Michael Rosenbaum, and David Tennant from Doctor Who. Ooh. Still waiting on word for those. And then there are other shows past that that I'm going to be a part of as well that haven't even been guest announced yet. So You have to do me a favor when you Talk to David Tennant. You got to bring up Broadchurch. Oh, everybody. I love Broadchurch. I mean, I got to tell you, I know it's just, it's it was an obsession with my wife and I. I don't know if you watch Doctor Who. I, I'm binging through it. He, he was the 10th Doctor. Yes. This is for any Doctor Who fan out there. This is a rumor that is floating, that is circulating. And I really wish it's... I, hope it is true because it'll be the first time the show ever did something like this he was the 10th doctor matt smith was the 11th um peter capaldi was the 12th jody whitaker came in as the 13th mm -hmm. and she and her time is ending she's wrapping up her time they haven't announced the new doctor but there is a rumor floating around that david tennant is returning to become the doctor again for the 14th doctor it's amazing which would be It'll be the first time they've ever had a repeat doctor. I, just I, have, I, I hope it happens. I just have a question for you. And I know this isn't a Doctor Who podcast, but what makes that show? I mean, it's been going on for almost a bazillion years. years. Almost I just remember when years. I was a kid, you know, seeing the doctor with the crazy scarf and whatever and all the Tom 70s scarf. Yeah. Uh, I mean, again, I'm not up on it like, like, most of the listeners are, but how do they keep it so relevant and fresh? And it's still as popular now than it was then. It's, it really, ha it, it, it's kind of dropped off a little bit since, and I know this is kind of off the top, but we're getting ready to wrap things up anyway. So, um, cause all I have to do is, is my plugs and then we're out. Um, but yeah, it's, it, you know, it, when it came back around 2005, it was, it, it, the show had taken a hiatus that they had eight doctors previously, and that's one of the brilliant things about the show is that any time an actor is ready to step down as the doctor, they can just plug it's somebody written else in. in that he basically just becomes somebody else. So the show can go on forever. literally forever. Yeah. You know, and like I said, it's been 55, 60 years at this point with some gaps in between, but it's, it's been around 
for almost 60 years at this point. Yeah. And it's just, it's entertaining. The storytelling is great. The characters can constantly revolve to make the show fresh and new. I'm just, that's an audience that they're loyal and they love it. And it's just kind of interesting. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a uh, Torchwood fan. So I will say, which, you know, John I know, Herman, I know. And I, and I'm going to be uh, slipping you a couple of bucks to try to see him. Uh, but yeah, it, it, he's, I'll be on stage with John Berman too. I, I know you will. That. And I'm very upset about that. Cause I would <laughs> love to have been on stage with him, but yeah, no, I've been I on mean, stage with him before. It's, I know you have amazing. Yeah. And it, yeah. So, I mean, it, it's all about pandemic and I, and I know that that's, that's going to be an awesome time and I can't wait for it. But I was just, I just meant to ask you that. Cause I know, um, you're such a passionate Doctor Who fan, so yeah. And, and you know what? And I might as well just plug it one more time. This this event that we have coming up in March. If you're a listener and you don't have, already have plans to go, or you already do have plans to go, be excited about this because this was already an event we had planned for September. We had to move to March. It most it just recently got announced that we just merged with another convention, and now they're bringing in all new guests to join the guests that we already had. And now I'm working hand in hand. I'm the, I'm the director of programming for, for the show. I'm working side by side with their director of programming. And the two of us together have added so much additional stuff to the plant, to what was already planned for this show. And like, there is quite honestly something to do every minute from open to close Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Well, uh, we, you, you have to, this is not an event you will be able to go into and do everything, unfortunately, because there's so much to do. Well, I know you've been talking it up for a long time and I'm, it's the first con that I'm the second con that I've ever been to. So I'm, I'm excited about that. And, uh, it's going to be a blast. I mean, especially with the Walking Dead ending, it's kind of like the last hurrah for that. And it's they'll, just neat. They'll have wrapped production on yeah. the show before the event happens. They're yeah. wrapping up, I think, in the next two weeks. And we're all looking forward to seeing the end, which is, you know, it's just kind of sad. But I'm looking forward to seeing everybody uh, from our group together. And uh, yeah, we got a bunch of friends coming out. For yeah, this it's going to be, be it's going to be a blast. And I don't uh, know how much time I'm going to have to see everybody, but uh, I'll make time. I'll, I'll I, make I, I know it'll be time. tough, but we, you know, somebody's got to work. Somebody's got to pay the bills. Yeah, exactly. Um, but anyway. Yeah. Fandemictour.com. Again, if you're interested in this event and you haven't already gotten tickets, if you're in the Atlanta area and you want to go, I highly recommend coming out and checking out. It's going to be a blast. Um, as for this show, as I mentioned, pod.link slash Wilhelm is where you can find all the links to subscribe to the new feed. If you haven't already, make sure you go and do that before uh, when you're done listening to this, because I don't want you to miss that that spotlight conversation with Chad Coleman. And I don't want you to miss future episodes of Wilhelm or future spotlights. Uh, follow on facebook.com slash the Wilhelm podcast on Instagram at the Wilhelm pod. There you will see posts for what the upcoming episodes are going to be. And there you can leave feedback, which will be read on the episode. Uh, and then if you want to email me directly, you can always do that at the Wilhelm podcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can always leave a voicemail for feedback as well. Record yourself in a voice memo and send it to me at that voicemail. Last but not least, if you enjoy the show, don't forget to leave a review for me on Apple Podcasts or whatever platform you may be listening on if they allow you to do so. Um, 
And I know I've I've been talking about the Patreon for Wilhelm that's going to be launching soon. I'm delaying that a little bit only because I have been so busy with this convention event. I haven't had time to fully put the Patreon together. Hopefully, it's only going to be by a month. So maybe April 1st, I should have everything put together. But um, the Patreon will be coming relatively soon. Uh, that said, Alex... Thank you for coming on again. Thank you for having me. Um, I can't thank you enough because anytime we can talk sports, it's always fun or any other topics. And um, I always learn something new about podcasting every time I get a chance to talk with you. Yeah. And you're doing great yourself as a podcaster as well. So I'm, I am I always find it fun to watch people I know who are just getting started into to kind of watch their trajectory and watch how they grow as they as they get into it because i i've been there so i i like that yeah no it's great i mean we're always looking for guests so you know i'm always trying to find new guests so if you're reach, interested reach out to alex yeah reach out to us screen.com. Um, are you gonna post the link in the show notes about the how to get to the new wilhelm oh yeah 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 okay that, yeah the link will be in the show notes good because that's how the only way it'll be in there no, because that's how I'm going to do it, because I'm not going to write it down. Yep. So, yeah, anybody who's listening, the link will be in the show notes as well. Uh, but, um, Alex, thanks again for coming on. Thank you, everybody who listens and is a huge supporter of the show. I greatly appreciate it. Uh, it's exciting to see what this has become and what it's becoming. Uh, so the support means the world to me. Uh, but until next time, we'll see you on the next episode of Wilhelm. Take care.